All right, guys, welcome back to Acts 242 Podcast, where we're committed to the teaching of the apostles, to fellowship, to prayer, and today, giving. This episode is completely focused around giving, uh, not just that, but what we're going to deal with is not only the giving that we've done and the fundraising we've done so far uh, through previous episodes on this podcast, but the need that we have uh, right now. So we're going to talk about the Brick Kiln Slavery um, family that we successfully raised the money and helped free. Um, but then we're going to talk about the need now, which is, again, this is through Pastor Emmanuel and the churches in Pakistan, the needs that they're trying to meet. These countries are in complete lockdown. So like all money, all income is completely shut down. So we're going to talk about that. I'm going to show you some pictures of what the ministry is already doing and what they're hoping to do some more of um, as this problem persists as well as a problem with suicide right now in these countries. So so stay tuned. We're going to check this all out. And hopefully uh, we can get you either involved in at least praying for these ministries, if not helping uh, financially support these ministries. Welcome to Acts 2 and 42. So first of all, I want to thank those of you that helped with the brick kiln slavery. And I know, you know, Pastor Emmanuel and his wife, Samara, and the brothers and sisters involved in these ministries are very thankful uh, for the giving, as well as the families that receive the benefit. But we were able to help uh, this family here pay off their uh, debt that they owed, which kept them pretty much in bondage, and their children who couldn't go to school and had to work making bricks. Um, so just through the money, I mean, that, that amount of money seems uh, laughable, which was about $2,000, but to free nine people... Um, I, I don't know if there's any words for that. I mean, I, I would light $5,000 on fire if it was a matter of just giving someone their freedom, allow, allowing a family, I, even if it was one person, but a family of nine to experience a little bit of what other free people have to experience right now. Um, there's, no, there's no monetary value that you can put on that. So um, I know they're very appreciative. Thank you very much. That, that was excellent. Um, they're still doing excellent work. Um, we, want to, we want to talk about that further, but I also want to thank those of you who gave to uh, Pastor Ronaldo uh, and and his brothers and sisters uh, in the Philippines. Uh, we did a recent episode with them talking about the lockdown and how he's on the front lines. Um, I'll link that below if you want to check that out. All the things that I'm referencing, there will be links below uh, if you want to look for something. So, um, but you know, he's he sent me feedback that he's he and they are very appreciative of the gifts he's distributed amongst uh his his friends and family there against the other frontline volunteers. Uh they're very generous when we give to them. Um, so hopefully you can continue to be generous knowing that it's being distributed. It's not just being, you know, it's not benefiting one or two people, um, but they share as well. So continue to think about them, continue to pray for them. And that leads me to my next point. Um, which is, make no mistake about it, uh, these ministries need money, okay? Um, they, there's, just, there's just no doubt about it that it takes money to do all this, right? Uh, but your dollar, for one, your dollar is far more effective for them than it is for you, which means that like $150 for them will pay rent. For me and you, that's not a rent payment. You can't rent a room from, from somebody for that much. So let's keep that in mind. It's, it's very effective. Um, but that's not what I'm asking for. Okay. I, I am, but what I'm, what I'm asking first and foremost, 
Um, I don't want you to stop listening if you think, oh, they're just after money, or if you're thinking, I don't have the money. So this doesn't pertain to me. I don't want to listen to a bunch of stuff that I really can't affect and I can't have play a part in. Um, first and foremost, whether you have money or not, what they need, what we need more than anything, and this is no joke at all, what we need more than anything is prayer. There is there There's not a chance that any of this happens without somebody praying. So for those of you who have faith, for those of you that trust in God, for those of you that know that, you know, he's the provider of all things, we need, you know, everyone that can to pray for these people, to pray for these ministries, um, both in Pakistan and, and in the Philippines. The poverty is so bad in these countries. And one of the persons uh, that was giving uh, before, I was explaining that their living conditions, because they said, well, it would help with bills. And, you know, I kind of joked, like, what bills? You know, they don't, they, don't, <laughs> they don't have the home and the bills that we have. <laughs> um, they need money for food. They live in huts, in, in shanties, shanty villages of scrap metal and, and makeshift whatever they can, you know, can get done. Um, as I showed some videos in Pastor Ronaldo's uh, interview, um, I've been there. I took the videos with him, you know, so I, I was there walking through all these places. And yeah, so, so the money's going to, to essentials. The money is going so that they can survive. In Pakistan, it's dire situations right now. The money is going to essentials. It's going to food. Uh, to some, it's going to housing. But again, it's very little in comparison to our housing costs. So, you know, make no mistake about it. Um, the poverty there is such that people are committing suicide. Here's uh, a, a link that was shared with me by uh, Pastor Emmanuel that, you know, a study done recently on the local suicides wasn't due to fear of the virus spreading. It was due to poverty. So, you know, can you even imagine what your life has to be like? What the last week of your, you know, your life or the last month or the last year, how much poverty you must be in, how little food you've had to eat, and what a struggle it is to survive, survive when you pretty much end your life because of it. I, I man, I, I, yeah, I can't even lie. I thank God. I thank God that I've never known poverty like that. And I pray I never do. I want to read a scripture, not only about that kind of poverty, but I want to read a scripture about the kind of giving we're talking about today. So, you know, stay tuned and, you know, definitely want to get, you know, the scriptures in here, uh, the teaching of the apostles and help us, encourage us, help us have faith to those in poverty and to those that can give. Um, so please hang in there. I want to read a scripture before we end this. But so let's 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 look at you know some of the situation. All right, let's look at. Um, I want to share uh, some photos Emmanuel has, and I'm gonna share the link below if you want to check out his Facebook where he has a photo album. You can look through all of it. Um, but right here, you got not only his father um, but other brothers there in the church distributing food, um, and just know it's 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 a bag of this and a sack of that. I'm not I can't read Urdu, but as you can tell, it's not a shopping trip through Costco. Sam's Club or Walmart for us. I mean, this is probably rice or grain or things like that. Um, maybe corn, I'm not sure. But these are essentials. This is this is basics. Um, so here's a, here's a few slides of what they have going on. And, you know, I do want to say they're doing a great job already. But 
one problem Emmanuel has, has he lives in this country, okay? So the only thing that he can do to raise this money that he essentially does is to go around um, sharing. He's, he's pretty much an evangelist that travels um, to not only um, share the gospel, uh, but to connect churches, you know, he's he's really a connector, man. He's a conduit from from one location to another, from one group of people to another, um, and he's an amazing person to know. I just have to throw it in there. That's my brother um, and his wife. I'm sorry, Samara. I always talk about him, um, but uh, but now even in this country with the restriction of church services, I know a lot of churches are going to be hit financially, and especially for him. I mean. The money that he raises, this isn't to necessarily knock any other churches, but the money he raises, you know, doesn't go to a heating bill or an electric bill or an internet bill like, you know, our local churches. The money that he raises goes to these ministries that goes to feed these people, you know, and he's unable to do that since the church doors, you know, haven't been open. So we want to help maintain these. We want to help push these forward. You know, my my personal goal is... Um, a bare minimum of 300. I just want to share that. I'm not definitely not bragging, but I want to show you how important this is to not only help provide the housing for them, but the food ministries as well. So I want to try to muster 300. And But my goal overall through this and through you all, I hope to raise at least 1,000. Um, and what that will do is that'll continue the food ministries during this crisis. They are in complete lockdown mode. They can't work they can't, I, don't, I can't remember if I said this already, they can't work, they can't earn a living. So everything is at a standstill and people are starving to death. So I'm not facing death. I'm not, there's, there's a lot worse would have to happen in this country right now for, for me to be, you know, facing that kind of situation. You and I both know this. So it, it's not the virus that's the problem. And I don't want to make this political or about that, but this is the concern that we've had in this country that it's, it's, they make it about, you know, about having a lockdown. Excuse me. Let me finish one thought. I have a bad habit of that. I don't finish one thought before I start another one. But the comparison about opening up our economy and workforce, they made it a comparison of the lives at risk from the COVID-19 virus to standard of living and earning money and making money. They made it about vanity versus death. And it's not. It's a death for death comparison. So you have to realize that by completely shutting down our economy alone, much less other countries, you're going to have deaths flat out. Every economist knows this, and they're all about money, right? But they know that the cost of it ultimately is deaths. When, when my income is stopped, am I able to give to these people? Forget just providing for myself. You know, I may not die in this country, but I'm not able to sustain, you know, the people in the ministries that I currently do. And I'm sure a lot of other churches are going to be in this situation. So. Make no mistake about it, deaths do occur from lockdowns, from, from economies being shut down, especially in these third world countries where their government, you know, I don't know. And, and again, here, everyone's very different. Some people have gotten help, other people haven't. So you can't assume that we're all doing well because some people are doing very well. Some people are doing terrible. You know, it's a very different situation. So I would argue, and many argue, that we're not in this quote together because some are on the verge of killing themselves because they have no food. Others are just on vacation, living well, prosperously. And I, I'll, just, I'll just say, look, don't feel guilty about that. I, I know someone said that they were getting more from their unemployment check, and I told them, don't feel bad about that. We all win some and lose some, and it's not going to go on forever. So right now, you're getting a little bit more than you would have. So pay it forward. Do the right things with it. I mean, you know, 
that that will appease some of the guilt, right? If you, if you feel any. Um, but that's what we need to do is remember each other to spread it around. So nonetheless, um, but with that goal, they, these pastors that serve these communities, like I said, they can't work, they can't provide. Um, and now some are just looking to, to take care of, unlike in the Philippines, they do have rent. Um, they do have housing. Um, but the rent's only like $150, like I said. So, you know, um, you know, one pastor needs 300 right now. Another, I'm not sure exactly what he needs, but probably comparable. So if we can help them, if we can buy some food, and it doesn't have to be one large sum. Um, me personally, I give monthly to this ministry. It's an automatic payment that just comes out. It's not a whole lot, but it's just something I can be faithful to. Just committed that it happens no matter what, and they can be be sure that it's going to come. Um, and then when something like this comes up, I send them more, you know, just know that the situations are dire and any amount of money that you can scrape together is needed. Any amount of prayer, any amount of time on your knees before God, um, is absolutely needed for these people, you know, um, for our brothers and sisters. And I really hate, I really hate it when people in America say, why are we giving to foreign countries when we have the poor here? I've already said it, so I'm not going to go on a rant about that, but the poverty there is very, very different, first and foremost. The poverty here is not the same. I'm not knocking the homeless, the poor here. It's a, we're, we, we're, you're very blessed to be poor in America. You're very blessed to be homeless in America. And I said, I mean that 100% knowing the hardships, working with the homeless community and homeless advocates and volunteers in the community. Had they be put, put in Pakistan or, Philipp, or the Philippines or in Africa and been poor there, they would they would take any chance that they could to get to America to be poor here, okay? Second of all, those are still human beings. And, and better yet, those are still my, my fellow humans. But in this case, uh, many of them, not all of them, but many of them are my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. That especially in Pakistan, I don't think so much in the Philippines, but in Pakistan actually face persecution every day. And we have a lot of ministries going on with the persecution that happens there and in other countries. Their churches are burned down, their homes are burned down, they're threatened, they're they're raped, they're hit, they're murdered. And then on top of it, we don't want to give them food. You know, we don't, you know, because the poor in our own country are straight. Look, the poor are the poor. Humans are humans. Brothers and sisters in Christ are brothers and sisters in Christ. Doesn't matter what part of the planet they're on, what territory they li live in, what government they live in, what they do for a living or don't do for a living, whatever the differences may be, you know, Male, female, bond free, Jew or Jew or Gentile, we're all one in Christ, right? So I really hate that. I really do. And you have to have no knowledge about it to really say something like that. But nonetheless, um, there are brothers and sisters and and we're gonna help. So uh I really hope I have a partner in you listening. I really do. And I, I can't and I never can stress it enough how much faith, confidence, and assurity I have in not only Pastor Emmanuel, but you know, through him his brothers and sisters and the, and the work that's done there. Um, I actually told Ronaldo something similar on the podcast with him. He's, he's, he's one of how many I can count on my hand that I would say, send them money. Um, you have to be very careful sending money to people you don't know. And, but these people I know personally, you know, so I've worked with them and I've known them for a couple of years with Emmanuel over 10 years, I think. Um, so I, I just can't give you enough assurity of where you're, where you're giving is good ground. So before we go, speaking of giving in good ground, I want to pull up a scripture. Okay, so, so bear with me. I'm in 2 Corinthians 8, chapter, the first verse. If you're a Christian, 
You can't talk about giving without going to Second Corinthians. You just can't do it. Um, there's no better scripture, in my opinion, and there's no more complete view of the New Testament giving. So starting at the first verse, now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the church in Macedonia. Now I'm reading a New Living Translation so that everyone listening to this can grasp what's being said. If I read it in the King James or something language, um, a lot of it will go over our heads. But they are, the church in Macedonia, they are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy which has overflowed in rich generosity. I experienced this firsthand in the Philippines, firsthand. Um, I believe the same is true in Pakistan, but I have not been there yet. So I can only testify what I've seen, who I've interacted with myself, and the love, the kindness, the joy, the generosity. And I know they have everyday struggles. I know their head gets down from time to time. But overall, I was just overwhelmed. I'm thinking, man, they want our lifestyle in America like you don't know that you're rich in other things. You may you may not have the money. And this is to those people in those countries if they have to listen. Like uh, I can do all things through Christ. When Paul said that in Philippines, uh, excuse me, Philippines, Philippines. Uh, in Philippians, he was saying that I can suffer poverty or have riches. I can be content with whatever I have and I can thank God throughout it. So for I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, <clears throat> but far more. And they did it out of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than what we had hoped, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. So we have urged Titus, who encouraged you giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways, in your faith, in your, in your gifted speakers, your knowledge and your enthusiasm and your love from us, I want you to excel also in the gracious act of giving. I am not commanding you to do this, but I am testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of other churches. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Here's my advice. It would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Last year, you were the first who wanted to give, and, and you were the first to begin doing it. Now you should finish what you started. Let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. Give in proportion to what you have. Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly. And give it according to what you have, not what you don't. Of course, I don't mean your giving should make life easier for others and hard for you. I only mean that there should be some equality. Right now you have plenty and can help those who are in need. Later, they will have plenty and can share with you when you need it. In this way, things are equal. As the scripture says, those who gathered a lot had nothing left over, and those who gathered a little had enough. But thank God, we, he has given Titus the same enthusiasm for you that I have. So I want to offer... The same encouragement Paul did. You know, if you've given already before, give again. Don't stop. Prove our love in Christ day in, day out for the church, for the world. So the next chapter, and I'm going to wrap up after this, is 2 Corinthians 9 and 1. I really don't need to write to you about this ministry of giving for the believers in Jerusalem, for I know how eager you are to help. And I've been boasting 
to the churches in Macedonia that you in Greece were ready to send an offering a year ago. In fact, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up many of the Macedonian believers to begin giving. So you, you never realize how your giving can affect another. And I'm that happens with me with other brothers. And, you know, TJ, you know, he sits on this podcast. Some of you know him, some of you don't, but he sits on this podcast and he gets such a bad image, but um, because he's 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 direct. He's direct and there's no um beating around the bush, you know. Uh and he says things you don't like, you know, but I'll just be honest. He he says things that that come off the wrong way or that offend you. Um but you have to know the heart of the man, and that's only seen by what he does when you're not looking, by the giving and the love that he shows others, both here, um, myself, other brothers, sisters, the church, wherever. Um, but he's the first to give when we have these ministries here. So, and when he does that, he starts pulling out of pocket. It makes the rest of us say, "Yeah, we gotta, we gotta do this. Let's let's pull our money together." So he's he's an inspiration on that note. I'm going to drop down to verse 5 now. So I thought I should send these brothers ahead of me to make sure the gift you promised is ready. But I want it to be a willing gift, not one given grudgingly. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scripture says, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed to the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So I want to say I can first testify, and I know those of you listening can also, um, that your generosity in the past, your life, you increase over time with the ability to do more and more. So you, at one day, you may have started off only giving $1, and then it was 10 Next thing you know, it's 100 And next thing you know, it's 200 Next thing you know, you know, um, your ability to do more. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to them. Thank God for this gift too wonderful for words. And I have to agree with that last sentiment. Um, it's almost like, like, don't get me wrong. On a, on a natural perspective of it, on a carnal level, these are simple earthly needs, food, clothes, and whatnot. But on a bigger level, it's almost a, it's a catalyst. It's an opportunity presented before us, but it's a catalyst that creates glory for our Heavenly Father that deserves it, for His provision, for His love, for His grace and kindness. 
but also a, a bond between the giver and the receiver, a, a bond of love, fellowship that, that grows from this. That now, and I've said this, like Emmanuel and Ronaldo and others will hit me up and, and we'll, we'll talk and they'll tell me how much they're praying for me and my family. And there's nothing more I could ask for. As I, as I said earlier, there's nothing more important in all of this than prayer. Prayer and the glory of God, right? Not my money and not my praise or yours. So it's not, you know, our good name. It's not a reputation. It's not something that we brag about. It's not something we boast about. Do it and do it as privately as you can. Give and give as privately as you can. God should be the receiver of all the credit and all the glory. So this is all an opportunity, right? Now, I'm going to link below his website. Um, they have PayPal uh, support on their support page where you can give. Um, if you feel better somehow going through us, we will be sending money. You can get with me. Uh, for those here locally, and get with me, give me the cash, and I'll send it when we send. Um, but nonetheless, we do have the goal, um, and I just want you to see the beautiful service it is and the beautiful opportunity that it is. Even though it's hardship, it has purpose. If we respond to the opportunity. So I hope this is encouraging, and, and I hope above all things that we pray that we pray, that we give what we can, and um, just let God do what he does. So other than that, thank you for listening. I'm not going to beat my gums anymore, get right to the point, but thank you for listening. Anything more, you can uh, check out our podcast and other information at acts242.com as usual. And I, I believe it's God Fellowship Ministries of Pakistan. Either way, I have it linked below, uh, God, God's Fellowship Ministries of Pakistan.com.org. I have it linked below. <laughs> So I believe it's .org. All right. Thank you very much and stay tuned for more.